Hello, welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name is Michael and I'm a Spurs fan. And I'm Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan. And it is the morning, well, the evening after the night before. Last night, uh, Tottenham travelled to the Emirates for the Carabao Cup quarterfinal, an opportunity to progress to the semis of that competition and get revenge for that North London derby defeat in the league a couple of weeks ago. Uh, after, well, our debut episode was recorded in the aftermath of that match. I was very much regretting starting the podcast. Jason was absolutely ecstatic. I feel like the tables may have turned slightly after the events of last night. Um, absolutely delighted with Tottenham's performance. Deli Ali dazzled. I think this season he's really come on leaps and bounds. The assist for the first goal, the finish for the second. Paolo Gazaniga, it's wonderful to have a, a sub goalie who you can trust. Ben Davies filling in at centre-back and, and doing a great job. Danny Rose rejuvenated. Um, yeah, I couldn't be happier with, with last night and how it went. I suspect, Jason, you feel slightly differently. Very differently, actually. I feel like it's, uh, it's, uh, it's humbling as the Arsenal to first go on the weekend and lose to Southampton, which I considered that a bigger game playing away to Southampton to get that momentum back, to, to keep on winning, to keep the unbeaten run. And it was pathetic. You know, they, they really flailed is the, is the best uh, word to describe their performance. And then to basically, from the kickoff, lose the ball to Spurs, it kind of set the tone for the rest of the 90 minutes. And am I surprised we lost? No. And that, I think, is due to what happened on Sunday last week. I don't think it's... I think if we had won that and we had the momentum, we could have gone into that game thinking we're going to win this. So it's a real shame. I'm gutted. I am gutted because in a cup game against your Lawther and the rivals, you do want to win that. But I've also got some gratitude to Spurs because, you know, now we have a bit more time to focus on other important games while they contest the Mickey Mouse Cup with Ooh. Chelsea, Man City and the eventual champions, Burton. Uh, so disappointed, yes. Frustrated, absolutely. Um but uh, thinking long term, absolutely fine. It's it's a uh, you know another game against another team, and uh, we move on. It's interesting you mentioned that point about uh, being grateful because um, a gentleman called Warren Hawkins actually tweeted us um, at Cannon Cockpod on Twitter, Cannon and Cockrell. Uh, he's a Spurs fan, and he was suggesting prior to the game that from the Tottenham perspective, it might not be the worst thing in the world if a side were to lose this game, given the festive fixtures coming up, the fixture congestion, all of that. Interestingly. A graphic was revealed the other day showing the number of days off that teams will have over the festive period. And Tottenham mm. are right at the bottom with the least number of days off over this festive period. Obviously, our squad is already stretched to the limit. So you're right in the sense that there could potentially be a silver lining for Arsenal here. You're in the knockout stages of the Europa League FA Cup coming up. Maybe, you know, you need more time on the training ground to regain your form that you seem to have lost. Mm. Um, I think it's good for Spurs as well to have to have those games in quick succession because you've now got the momentum. So I think you can, you yeah, can exactly. take a lot of solace from that. Mm. However, you know, these games come thick and fast. It's cold. It's rainy. They want to spend time with their families. You know, people's heads aren't in the, in the mindset of win, 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 because it's, again, you're not near the end of the season when a trophy is in sight, especially for Spurs, because they don't know what it looks like. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see who does the best over that Christmas period. And I think that, it's going to be a big test for City and Liverpool in that title race. Everyone else in the relegation battle, because I think that's gone way too far now. I don't know even know who's uh, staying up going down at this rate. Um, in terms of the battle for fourth place, third, fourth place, 
Um, you know, you've got Chelsea, Arsenal, and Tottenham. I'd say all battling out, and this will be a defi- this will be a defining period, I'm sure, to see who's motivated um, come the new year. And what you said there about the season not being over is very much only getting started. Um, I thought it was interesting, Danny. I don't know if you've seen Danny Rose's comments saying how Spurs had an extra bit of motivation due to how much Arsenal celebrated after the North London derby, getting the impression that, you know, they were behaving like they'd won the league, like the season was over, like it was, you know, all the North London is red, all the videos. You know, you can debate the extent to which that was over the top or not, but do you think that inadvertently the Arsenal players and the general tone after that game may have fired Spurs up more than they otherwise would have been had the celebration's not been so exuberant. And do you think, given the way your form is tailed off after that, United, they ended up sacking their manager, maybe you should have won that. Huddersfield struggled to the win, losing to Southampton, now losing to us. Do you think that maybe complacency has crept in a bit? I think, first of all, that's so unfair to say about the celebrations because Spurs are just as bad. I've seen on their social media page. And remember, the re- the reaction you're talking about is coming from social media. And that is driven by business needs as well. And that demand to keep on continuously promoting your brand because you can easily be forgettable in this digital world. Not only the clubs, but the players as well. The players are now brands. They've got their sponsorship deals, so they need to keep keep that up. Like the Pogba dancing thing and the kind of little um, Adidas stunt the other day and kind of uh, the dab and things like that. It's all part of the brand. Even though people might be frustrated in it and it might come at the wrong moment, there is a reason why they're doing it they need to come up with creative ways. So I think it's unfair to say, oh, they're doing a dressing room selfie because people, as football fans, we need to be like, okay, they're trying to get close to the fans. They're giving us selfies. They're giving us insight. They do that. And then we say, oh, why aren't they concentrating on the game? So I think there's a there's a real um, hypocrisy around that, in my opinion. So on that, on that instance, I don't think it motivates them. If all these players are saying, oh, I don't check the news and I don't think that, then they shouldn't have even seen it. So I think they're just... They're just using that to appease the fans. And they're also using that as their way of, of rubbing it in Arsenal's faces. Now they're saying that. I want to go um, to a new White Hart Lane or probably Wembley um, or maybe even Leighton Orient Stadium by uh, by next year and go take it to them as well. So I think it's a bit of playful banter, but I think uh, I don't think it has a huge impact. In terms of complacency in general, yes, I absolutely think we've got way caught up in that unbeaten run. You know, in my mind, I was thinking, you know what? What we can do the unbeaten run, the Invincibles, and just keep on going? And unfortunately, it just seems like they, they it, it was a long time coming, that loss. Losing basically every first half of the season of each game, it was coming, you knew it was coming, and I think it's it's better to have got it out of the system now, probably, before these um, games in quick succession. But it's a real shame to do it in such a lacklustre fashion um, with no fight against a team who've got a new manager who I don't think will be there by the end of the season because that's... Yeah, I just think that's the way way of the relegation world. Do you regret your comments last week on the show about Southampton given they then went on to to beat you or do you think that was just a, a new manager bouncing a, a one-off I, st- I still stick with the comments that I feel like we should absolutely win that on paper there's no reason why we shouldn't get the three points but we didn't so we've got to assess that and I have to look at myself and think hold on a sec what if I believed that strongly and fans in general if we believed that strongly and it didn't happen there's obviously again a mismatch in expectations and whilst all the big teams can lose once in a while there was there seemed to be a golfing class 
the other night. You know, they, they kept on looking like they could score any minute Southampton and we kept on looking like we can't get past the first line of defence, which is unbelievable considering we have one of the top paid attacking midfielders in the world who seems to be out again and again and again. And last night, for tactical reasons. Tactical reasons. So your best player on paper with an international reputation and best paid player is not good enough to play against your North London rivals in a cup quarter final. If that's the case, then he should be out the door in January because it's enough of him kind of him clearly dictating the club and the manager of what's going on. And I, I'm it's insulting as a fan to know not not just about the money, but to the position he's in. Imagine all these, you know, Emil Smith Rowe, how much he'd give to just have a, to have ten minutes in a game. And for him to, to not even have a statement and say, listen, this is this is how I feel. You know, I prefer Mesut Ozil to come out um, in the press and say, you know what? I'm really upset about how it's going. I love football. I really want to play for this club. I really want to do well for this club. It's unfortunate. I haven't been on the best of my form. You know, things have distracted me off the pitch with the Germany situation. But we've had radio silence. We're hearing inconsistent messaging from a manager. And, and quite frankly, for the... For, Again, forget about money, the effort and time that we put in to Arsenal Football Club as fans, too much. I was saying to my dad the other day, I've, I've been so heartbroken by football. Why can't I feel the love? Why can't I feel the joy? Um, um, they owe it to us, these players. Mm. Good. So going back to the, so obviously at the weekend, you lost 3-2 away at Southampton. We won 1-0 against Burnley. Match I was at, the only thing worse than the weather was the game until Christian yeah. Eriksen popped up with that 91st minute winner. Um, that then moved us five points ahead of you in the league going into then this cup game where we knocked you out. You mentioned there about the unbeaten run, 22-odd games, how long it was. You're fifth, you're five points off us, you're now out of the cup. Where do you think it's gone wrong? If it's not, do you think perhaps the Ozil situation is maybe affecting the form now, the longer it's going on? You mentioned complacency, potentially a factor. What else do you think might have contributed towards this downturn, recent downturn in form? And do you think that you can close that gap towards the top four or higher? I think there's been unnecessarily unnecessary rotation for the sake of rotation. He's tried to keep the squad fresh and keep everyone happy. But in turn, it means that I wouldn't necessarily know who our best 11 is. You know, is, is Mkhitaryan playing? Is Ramsey now? But isn't Ramsey leaving in January? Is Ozil playing this time? Is Torreira defensive midfielder? Or should we be playing El, El Meni? Why, why is he sitting on the bench when he's he performs every time he plays? Um... I thought Awobi was very good last night, actually. I'm not sure why he was taken off. Again, though, all smoke but no cigar. He, he's he, no end product, and he makes the wrong decisions time and time again. And the fact that he's been given this chance to have a consistent run and he still hasn't done it, for me, those are the sort of players that need to go now because this Arsenal era needs to be a ruthless one because at the end of the day, this squad got Wenger sacked or he left because of the squad. I don't know the full story. But they're the same players... But the same natural skills and same talent and same personalities. And whilst they might have a bit of a, a form period, for me, the past couple of games has been like, actually, the new manager buzz has worn off now. It's, it's worn off. It's now the real season where we're getting into the nitty gritty. We've definitely improved because I never used to see us attacking with this kind of flair and kind of making the chances. Defensively, we haven't improved at all. Um, the goalkeeping situation is even worse in my opinion because now I don't know who our number one is. Um, 
the defence again that there's so much chopping and changing playing fullbacks at centre backs which I know you said worked for Ben Davis uh, yesterday but it's not a, a long term solution for no. Monreal yeah. with no physical stature at all to play at centre back for Ainsley Mate Niles who I, I just don't, I just don't understand how he's got to to this level and. I'm I'm slightly gutted that it's got to this point so quickly in the season and on the podcast where I'm already in <laughs> despair considering two weeks ago I was absolutely delighted with how, how the team were performing. Um, Do you think potentially then that unbeaten run was maybe a smokescreen that deceived you in terms of how much you progressed? I mean, yes, yes. there has been some progression potentially. But do you think the unbeaten run made it seem like you'd taken more steps forward than you actually have? And really, as you said, this is the same squad, the same players, same problems. Completely, completely. I think if we take anything away from this era, it is the way Emery has, as I said, united the fans in the club. Other than that, taking a step back and my rose-tinted spectacles off, has much changed? No. What has not changed also is my spies for Tottenham especially due to last night's performance and attitude by certain players interesting uh, interesting um, do you think now this might sound like a, a, a laughable question at first or one you'll definitely scoff at but and I, I'm not necessarily giving my answer to this question one way or the other but there's a, there's a five point gap between Arsenal and Tottenham there's a five point gap between Tottenham and Manchester City, or at least they're what I'm, I'm pretty sure there is. Maybe it's a little bit higher. Um, would you consider Tottenham potential title challenges? No. Would do you think that Arsenal will finish above Tottenham? No. Interesting. Okay. I I. I think the title is between City and Liverpool as well, as I'm sure most people do. And it will be a, a three-way battle for those two other spots in the top four between us two and Chelsea. Um, I think the, I've got a feeling that the game is changing again. When it all became about kind of that parking the bus and winning at all costs, and I think this will be a good bridge to one of our topics, um, suddenly you've got City and Liverpool running away with it who are just flare, flare, flare. Their, their defence has always been scrutinised, but they are flare and talent and execution and and clinical and funnily enough it made me think oh you know what who would have loved this era it's Arsene Wenger no defense all attack yeah. um, Liverpool's defense has improved dramatically since, exactly yeah. exactly imagine having the whole, whole package you know mm. mind you I suppose definitely Arsene Wenger probably would have preferred coming up against this Chelsea side that plays a bit more open than the Chelsea sides of the old Jose Mourinho or even Antonio Conte um, it would have been interesting definitely to see how Wenger would have dealt with I mean, I, I suppose we did see him come up against Pep and Poch and Klopp. But yeah, definitely this season does feel different in terms of the approach as evidenced by the sort of deterioration of Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Um, his sacking, of course. Probably the other big non-Arsenal Spurs-related story of the week, however much the media try and make it a Spurs-related story. Um, but yeah, no, it is, it is an interesting new era in the Premier League and it'll be interesting how it all shakes out come the end of the season. At the bottom of the table as well, Southampton potentially playing a new style of football. You know, even lower down the league, you see clubs playing more attractive open football. Burnley played god-awful boring football <laughs> um, at Wembley the other day and you do wonder whether now those sort of teams, maybe they get away with it for a season, but now they're increasingly getting found out and not 
scraping that survival the way they maybe could before. And that becomes tough for these young British managers as well, because with limited resources, there's only so much they can do. This will affect Sean Dyke's reputation. Whereas before, he might have been considered a future Arsenal manager one day. Now, not a chance. You know, Eddie Howe, I keep seeing, will be considered when Pochettino leaves Man United Real Madrid next summer. However, um, you know, you don't know how it goes to Bournemouth and then he, he might be off the radar. I remember people um, saying Odin Coyle would be a good Arsenal manager yeah. one day and look where he's gone. Roberto, I mean, Roberto Martinez is oh, of course. slightly rebuilding his reputation at Belgium, um, but he was another one. Um, even, you know, Brendan Rodgers, who did go to Liverpool, had some success, now at Celtic, and you do wonder, you know, when these job, big jobs come available in the Premier League now, he doesn't really seem to be considered. And you right. wonder, is he going to... <laughs> Is he going to get out of Scotland or is he going to sort of be stuck there? But it's a win-win-win for him, you know, good reputation, winning things. Although now it's going a little bit downhill. That's, you know, you need to, there's timings with these things. And, you know, someone like Eddie Howe probably last year when he when he finished in a high position, they did well, they stayed up, should have been like, all right, I'm going to cash into this. I'm going to find, you know, a, a big team to go to. I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester were the types who could have gone after him as well before Clubwell. Um I suppose part of it, though, yeah. as well, is, is the whole idea of the project, which seems to be the new buzzword for most clubs. Yep. And Eddie Howe might think, do you know what? Unless it is an offer that's too good to turn down, why should I leave Bournemouth when we're improving, we're developing? They might see greater success in, in staying where they are and, and taking that club they're at to another level than jumping ship. And I'm sure uh, they say the same about Pochettino United. You know, I'm building something at Spurs. You know, we are. I've I've taken them from fourth place to third place i mean it's amazing achievement <laughs> to still not win trophies to to still not be considered um, one of the biggest clubs in the world to still not sustain a title challenge and win a league um so i think he's done yeah when i put it like that he's done a brilliant job um i think what i can give to him though is is bringing through those youth players as well um and really empowering harry kane to continue to be one of the best strikers in the world um and even get a nominee for the Sports Personality of the Year, which I think uh, he, 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 should have won. he shouldn't have uh, been on the list, to be honest, because I think even even he could look at himself and say, I didn't win anything this year. I won a golden boot. Fine. Also, when we look at the personality side, if this is a personality contest, you know... I know, that's the ultimate irony about Sports Personality exactly. of the Year, isn't it? I mean... Almost, it, it's very rare that you get sportsmen with what you'd call personality. Per- I mean, personality for me is is the Ronaldo flair and the style and the brand. And Harry Kane heads up to him. You know, he gets involved with the, the some perfume adverts and things like that. Watch campaigns, I'm sure. But but he's not about that. He is about the football and the style, and that's that's very admirable. But I'm not I'm not sure that uh, in terms of you know individual success is great. But if it hasn't helped the team, I don't think that's as inspiring, especially in team sport. It's different if you're a Roger Federer. Um, but, you know, for example, if a Wayne Rooney had won something like that and his team went and won the treble, that for me is, is deserved. I just didn't get it. And, I, and that, you know, it, it is my Harry Kane dower where uh, I, I gave him at all angles. <laughs> but I, 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 I feel quite strongly about th- that nomination. I think, um, I mean, look, he was... I think it's it's unfair to say his because he was nominated for for England. It wasn't anything to do with with Tottenham, and I think his goals and his leadership as captain did help the team. I'd say particularly in that Colombia game. I think him scoring the penalty in the game and then the first penalty in the shootout set the tone then for the rest of the team. 
And, you know, first England player to win a golden boot at a World Cup since, what, Gary Lineker? Captain the England side that got furthest since whenever. I think that's... And I think you had to recognise England getting to the World Cup semi-finals in the nomination. I mean, I know they nominated for Team of the Year, Southgate won Coach of the Year, but I can understand why he got nominated. But even I, even though I voted for him and loved to see him win it, I can also understand why he didn't win it because, yes, if we'd won the World Cup, he would have won it. And obviously the guy who did win it, winning the Tour de France, makes sense, no problem there. But, but I think you could spin it on any level because we were talking about it the other day about how the captaincy means nothing now. So you put that all aside. Everyone should be a leader in your team. Actually, when it mattered the most against Croatia, he bottled it. For I, me, that's not... For me, that, that I, I don't see how we should be celebrating that. Also, Harry Maguire made me as happy in the uh, World yeah, Cup. But, Jordan Pickford was responsible, in my opinion, for the greatest England moment I've had in my life, football-wise. But he didn't... It was Eric Dyer who actually put us through. If it, Pickford's save wouldn't have mattered, mattered at all if, but, if Dyer had then gone and missed. Fine, but then also, so, so Dyer should be considered then as well. But, but yeah, well, why not? I mean, the thing, is, the, the the ridiculousness of what you're saying um, in this whole conversation is that football is a team sport. Therefore, Harry Kane shouldn't be recognised. Except, I'm then going to blame him for everything that goes wrong, which seems to completely go against your reasons for then why he should be nominated. But going back to to Arsenal briefly and, and Tottenham, the other thing that obviously happened this week: the draws. Tottenham in the Champions League draw, Borussia Dortmund. Arsenal in the Europa League draw, Bate Borisov, one of the most depressing sentences in football. Um, I'm wondering now, with the, the teams that are dropping into the Europa League, because Arsenal, you'd think Europa League should be one of the favourites, right? Emery's won it three times, Arsenal, one of the biggest clubs in it. Are you going to go for the Europa League? Do you think that's winnable? Are you worried about the teams from the Champions League who have dropped into it? Who do you want to avoid? How do you feel about the draw? I would rather drop everything this season, finish 10th in the league, but win that Europa League to get Champions League football, to get a trophy. I think that's that's how I connect with football now. I've realised when we won an FA Cup, I'm not, you probably wouldn't know what it feels like, that big trophy winning feeling um, as a Spurs fan. But it's that, it's that buzz you get inside and that's what football's all about. And for me, that, that is more valuable than, than finishing fourth and getting into a competition that we've got no chance of winning because we're nowhere near good enough any of the teams in there except Spurs. Um, and for me... That, uh, that that sums it all up. So do you think your best chance Champions League football then is through the Europa League rather than yes, the Yes, 100%. And I was wondering about your Champions League um, chances because Dortmund, great club, mm. doing really well in the Bundesliga. You've played them before. Um, do you think you can take them? Do you think you're, you've got enough talent or experience more than anything? Because from what I've seen, when, it, when the going gets tough in the Champions League, Spurs really... Uh, like, like, yeah, sort of like when you're away at the Camp Nou needing a result to go through. And you, yes, you and you draw against Barcelona C team. It was amazing and, and, and rely on Inter Milan well, to well, draw against PSV. I, I didn't want to get... Do- there, were, there were three teams I wanted and three teams I didn't want in that draw. I didn't want um, PSG, Juventus or Borussia Dortmund. And with Borussia Dortmund, as someone who goes to the game, I, I want to see us play someone we haven't played before, haven't played recently. I wanted us to get Bayern Munich because they're a big elite club who haven't seen us play, who I think we could have beat. Um, and Dortmund, we we played them last year, and they're, I'd argue, the informed team in Europe right now, bossing the Bundesliga. Obviously, we know all about Jadon Sancho playing some great football. Their new manager, Lucien Favre, who's Swiss, doing an amazing job. I think it'll be really difficult. Um, I think it'll be an entertaining game for the neutral. I think it'll be lots of goals. I think it'll be very exciting, very atmospheric. Hopefully, we're in the new stadium, our new south stand that's 
kind of inspired by Dortmund's sort of single tier stand. Hopefully, get great atmosphere, great great matches, a lot of goals. Schumann's son loves scoring against Dortmund. I think if we're played to the level that we know we're capable of, we can win. I think the fact we beat them last year is a bit insignificant because it's a completely different <coughs> Dortmund side. Um, I think my head says I think we'll over two legs, particularly the second leg away, probably go out. But I think we are capable. And I, it's certainly, I'd rather have got them than PSG or Juventus. But equally, I'd have taken Real Madrid instead of this Dortmund team. I'd have rather had Bayern or Porto. I think it's probably right in the, the middle of difficulty. It could have been worse, but I think it definitely could have been a lot better. And I think we'll have to be at our best to get through. But I'm looking forward to the, the spectacle of the game. I think it's a nice diplomatic way to put it. Because if you lose, I can't... Uh... Can't, can't say that. You I, and I, yeah. can't, if you, if you really I think the thing for us now is getting in the Champions League knockout stages. It's sort of bonus for us because nobody thought we'd get out of the group, and we did. And definitely, you know, even I can admit we're on the lower end of the teams that are there. I mean, we've had Champions League football three years running now, which is one of Pochettino's successes that you missed out earlier, making Champions League football a regular occurrence at Tottenham, where before it was a rarity. Um, but yeah, we are still inexperienced in the knockout stages. Um, and so I think whatever happens, you know, if we go out, it won't be unexpected. Um, but if we get through, you know, it, it's just a fun, it's a fun journey to go on and hopefully it will continue and we can get into the last eight. Um, and I actually think to your point though, that the, the players will believe they can do it because of what happened in Barcelona, regardless of the circumstances. And also what happened last night at the Emirates. I mean, that's only the, the second time Tottenham have won away at Arsenal in my whole lifetime, Wow. Uh, which really underscores the kind of where we were at beforehand. But it used to be that uh, people said Tottenham under Pochettino couldn't win away at the top six. That used to be the stick they beat us with. Oh, you can't win away against the big clubs. But one at the Emirates last night, one at Old Trafford this year, one at Stamford Bridge this year, got a result when we needed to at Barcelona, um, got a draw at Liverpool early this year. So I think we've turned that corner in terms of belief against the top teams and getting results when we need to. So hopefully that will filter into the Champions League as well. And when you win a lot of big games like that, the attention naturally turns to the orchestrator of those results, Mauricio Pochettino, the manager. Are you worried? Because there's a lot of speculation. There's been the Real Madrid job a lot. They've been talking about over the years as it's come up. But also now the Manchester United job is available. However way you spin it, Manchester United are one of, if not the biggest club in English football around the world in reputation. They've won trophies there's a winning culture throughout the core of the uh, club albeit it's changed a little bit there are quality players that need to be nurtured there's financial resources there's history there's fans are you worried that Mauricio Pochettino will look at that and say I've loved my time at Spurs but I've done all I can because we 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 we, we can't compete for some of those big players financially or or in terms of our history and Maybe just personally, you know, I want a challenge where I'm going to be recognised. I mean, I'd say, of course, I think every Spurs fan is worried about losing Pochettino sometime in the future because he has been the best manager for a long time. Um, but I think personally, and I, I don't think this is just me as a Spurs fan talking, I think genuinely, I think he would be mad to take the United job at this moment in time. Um, and I think it's been quite frustrating, the sort of, arrogance of man united pundits such as gary neville and a lot of the media just assuming that they can just have pochettino and that he'll want the job without considering the extent to which the man united 
brand has been tarnished since Ferguson left. You know, the last three managers who've gone there, Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho, have come out with their reputations in tatters. It's a club that isn't well run, I think, from the top. Ed Woodward doesn't seem to be handling things like the contracts well. Didn't back Mourinho in the summer with the signings he wanted. Clearly with this decision, you know, at the start of the year, the battle lines have been drawn between Pogba and Mourinho. The board have gone with Pogba. They've gone with the players. Getting Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in is clearly a, someone who's not going to ruffle too many feathers with the players. And Pochettino is a manager who doesn't like big egos in the dressing room. That's why he gets young players who are going to work hard for him, do what he says. And I think it would be all too easy for, first of all, Ed, if Edward was not going to back Mourinho in the transfer market, is he going to back Pochettino? You know, other players, It's all. it would be all too easy if if, po- if Poch runs, rubs Pogba the wrong way, if Pogba to turn around and go, I've won the World Cup, what have you won? And Pochettino is still a young manager, still developing. It could seriously harm his reputation if he goes to Man United, suffers the same fate as other managers, and then would Real Madrid still want him after that? Because then the narrative would be, oh yeah, but he, he didn't do it at Man United, did he? And I think... United, you know, we talked a lot on this show about the new reality and about expectations and history. And, you know, I found it funny that on B- the BBC Sport headline was Mourinho sacked after a catalogue of failings. This season's been bad, but last year they finished second. Season before that, they won a Europa League and a, and a League Cup. So that, I think, just goes to show it's, it's not all about trophies. The fact they all want Pochettino, even though everybody was dismissing him for not winning a trophy. Yet when a big job comes up, they all say, oh, Pochettino. Um, but you know what is success for Man United because you're you're never going to recapture what they had with Ferguson. That was a once in a lifetime history, not just for the club but in the history of football. A manager being there that long and being successful for that long. Wenger was at a club for a similar length of time but couldn't maintain the success for the whole duration. So I think Man United is a club at the moment where the players are running things, where the people at the top haven't got a handle on on the football side of the club, and where the fans haven't come to terms with the fact that they're not the big boys in town anymore. And I think it would be a huge risk for him to go somewhere where he won't have the same power and control that he has at Tottenham and probably won't be given the same patience and time either. If he doesn't win a trophy in his first season, they'll be calling for him out. Um, so I think, obviously, you can hit historically, Man United's huge club, but I think he would be better off, given the Real Madrid job will be there for him in the summer if he wants it as well. If he wants to go, I think he should go to Real Madrid. And I think if you were a player right now or a manager, I think Tottenham are a bigger draw than Man U at the moment. New stadium, better better playing squad who you know are going to work hard for you, better atmosphere around the place, uh, kinder expectations, more reasonable you know, perception of where they are. Um, I think it would be a huge, huge risk. And I don't think it's the obvious appealing choice for him that a lot of people are portraying it as. Um, but I'd be interested what you think. Well, it always, it, as we were saying before, it depends on timing as well. You know, some of these managers who have been a... a, a peak enthusiasm and interest and then it, it, it might it might just go all wrong in the next couple of years you just don't know you move into that new stadium you're you're holding back some of the funds and who knows what happens and then he's not he's not got that attention so he might want to cash in essentially professionally as well not only financially which i'm sure he would reap the rewards from but i think i agree with you taking my arsenal hat off that there is an opportunity there to build something different something fresh something where with the expectations low you can only exceed them now i'd say um i just hope for his sake that he doesn't let it go a little bit too far you know these managers have their projects and they go in to a job to do a job you know sam allardyce is very clever at this he knows that this club is getting relegated i go in i get to keep them up i leave i don't need to push the boat 
you know, there have been times where he's been sat before he's been actually managed to get to that point. Um, Wenger didn't quite get the memo about that either, about knowing when the right time is to leave. But I hope for his sake, he realises that maybe there is a point where my job is done and maybe a big manager does need to come into Spurs in terms of name, you know, where you get a Tommy Tuchel or a... uh, Jurgen Klopp type character who has a great like a Simeone who just has a fancy new job there's a big job going in 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 England why not why not I take the Spurs job and I think that would excite the fans and it could actually be a good thing for everyone to say okay we're, we're getting someone who will now take us that next level maybe he's taken us as far as we can go and I think that will be the big thing with Spurs in the next couple of years mm. if you just don't win the trophy then our is this all it is? And there's nothing worse in football than standing still. I always said when Wenger went, I'm happy to drop down a little bit. And we have, because something's changing. You know, sometimes it's like a, it's like when you have an operation, it's like a smarting period where like your body's starting to adapt to, to the, to the, to the, the, the amends and the, the re- repairs. And, and I, th- I think that is what's happening at Arsenal as well. But it, it, it breathes some life into the fans as well. So I'm not sure if you, agree with that and think maybe long term that could be an option or am I being uh, harsh on Tottenham and, and the progression right now um, well I think two things I think firstly I think Pochettino has built up so much goodwill uh, that if things did start to go wrong with Tottenham while he was still there I don't think he'd get blamed for it I think because so much has been made of the finances of Levy that I think if things go wrong at Tottenham people won't see it as Pochettino's fault unless you know something unless he, there's a big spat with a player or something like that um, and I think also he, I get the sense that he thinks his job at Tottenham isn't quite done yet. I think certainly, of course, he'll be frustrated that he can't spend money on certain players. But I think he understands reasons why. And I think he feels that there's still some unfinished business there. If I actually think if we win a trophy this year, there's more chance of him going. If he gets in, if we get into the new stadium soon, he wins a trophy, even if it's a Carabao Cup. He might think, you know what, I've been here five years. I've got him in the Champions League regulars. I've won a trophy. I've got him in the new stadium. Job done. But I think if he has that inkling of, I can do more here, I think he's the type who would think, no, I want to finish this off, um, knowing that if things go wrong, he won't get the heat for it. But I think you're right as well about, you know, of course there is the potential for another manager to come in and take us another level than he's capable of. He is still a young manager. He's still developing. And I think when he leaves, whenever that is, will be a huge moment for Tottenham, a huge crossroads. And getting that appointment right could then set the tone for what's to come. And I think some of the names you mentioned, like Simeone, would be a lot of fans' number one choice. I can see it's probably going more, as we've talked about earlier, the Eddie Howe route, because he kind of fits the philosophy that's been laid down of developing young players and doing things on a budget. But, I mean, you never know. We could get taken over when the new stadium's built. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden we're in a similar situation to City. So you never know what's going to happen. And I think certainly... The, the post-Poch era will be one of the most interesting times in modern Spurs history because I don't think any other manager has had that same feeling of, you know, obviously he hasn't been here as long as Wenger was at Arsenal, for example, but I think it will almost have a similar sense of momentousness of this is a big moment now and we've got to get the next steps right to not tarnish everything that's come before. Agreed, agreed. That's a really interesting insight, actually. Yeah. Um, so looking ahead then to the festive fixture list... What's it looking like on the Arsenal side of things? What are the, the big games? How do you think you're uh, you're going to do? I know last week you mentioned the Liverpool game was one you think could be a defining match potentially for your season. Do you think, particularly given what happened last night, 
that's the one you're kind of looking at saying that's one that will decide things or funnily enough when you look at the fixtures this saturday we're playing burnley at the emirates that is a win I, i'm not even considering a loss or a draw because if that is the case then then i'll have to have some serious on, words burnley. with Embry and he'll say explain and i'll be like no i'm, I'm, I'm not you'll having explain. this you'll explain um the brighton game on the boxing day Late game on Boxing Day. They'll probably all have their that's mince pies still in them. Ozil um, might be sitting on the sofa, have a sore back after the day. That That's an important game for us because that's like going back to the Southampton game. You go there, you're better than them. There is no question about it. You've got to go and win. You've got to go and get those three points. And then, three days later, you've got Liverpool at Anfield. I take a draw right this second, I and I know that's not. Yeah, that's, I know that's not ambitious, and that's not the positive way I'd like to think about football. But we need to show that that we're going to get a result, and we're going to work hard, and we're going to do something to make the fans proud. So it's 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 an interesting fixture. This it's not as not as hectic as I thought it'd be. Albeit, then you've got um, Fulham at home on New Year's Day, uh, but I reckon they could take it. You know, they've got for me. You've got to look at that uh, that Fulham and Burnley game, and you've got to get six points. Chance to regain regain that momentum. Exactly. The unbeaten run restarts. Exactly. Exactly. A new year, new arse, all that jazz. I think you've I think you've got to got to beat Brighton away. I got this feeling we won't. I just feel like that that'll be the defining moment for me because if we win that, it's like there's something a bit different about this team, a bit of nitty gritty. Um if they if they draw or lose that, it's same old Arsenal. And with the Liverpool game, either or, you know, if they win it, they deserve it because they're, in my opinion, the best team in the league this this year in terms of all all round play. If we win it, then great. You know, it's it's, it's great momentum going into the Blackpool game in the FA Cup. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think uh, as long as we come out of that Christmas period feeling we tried our hardest, and that's what I'd seen for a long time. But I haven't seen the past couple of games. I'm not sure about how you feel about Spurs's run because that's uh, it, as you said, it's really congested. But also. Um, how defining it is because if you can't pull off kind of uh, win 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 and keep up with the pack then the title challenge I'm afraid is just not going to happen yeah I think for us it's more about maintaining that gap above you and trying to build one over Chelsea and how close we get to the top two is just a kind of bonus but I think our toughest fixture is this Sunday away at Everton which I think could be really really tricky Um, you know they've got Richarlison they've got Sigurdsson and they've been quite good against the top teams this year but Liverpool only beat them because of a Pickford sports personality of the year, Pickford error. Um, and, you know, they, they got a draw, I think, against Chelsea, you know, so I think that would be tough. So I've got a game for us to play, a festive game. A festive game. Yeah, let's see what I can uh, come up with. I haven't got a name yet, but can we come up with festive names for Arsenal and Spurs related things? For example, just just talking about thinking here, talking about thinking, Christmas Ericsson. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Are there any are there any easy ones we can come up with? Like deck the halls with boughs of Delhi. Yeah, I like that. I think that's good. Yeah. Harry Candy Cane. I mean, that's rain dire instead of reindeer. Rain dire. Love that. <laughs> Arsenal players. Anything? Anything you want to uh, you want to um, speak to the class about? <laughs> Ooh, not this, very. This not very. Tricky. Not a very friendly club, are we? With our names. Um, Bella ring the bells. Bell, 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 Bellerin, yeah. Bellerin, yeah. <laughs> Hector Bellerin. Bell, 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 Bellerin. Um, ja- I mean, Jacker's just. Jacker's. Jacker. Jacker. 
Oh, we really are a dry team now. I think Tottenham win this game. Yeah, and we yeah. had this to the trophy cabinet. The, we win the well, festive. It's the only thing you've, you've probably got to, um, to show off for. Maybe people can uh, can tweet us. Yeah. At yeah. Cannoncock Pod, Cannoncock Rule. Cannoncock uh, well, And you know what they can hashtag? The game with no name. The game with no the game name. The game with no name. The, the festive game with no name. Yeah, that sort of thing goes viral. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Christmas. Exactly. And at Christmas, a present is going viral. Exactly. So feel free to, as Michael would say. What would I say? <laughs> I think you say like. Oh, yeah. Retweet. Like, give, a, give us share. a festive. You know, it's, it's Christmas time. Generous. It's time for giving. You could subscribe. And any other festival you um you, you, you Yeah, you, you, um, you celebrate because it's, we're inclusive here. Like, like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends. Give them the present, the gift with Cannon and Cockerel. Uh, it was a bit of a lot of emphasis on the GIF there. Are you going to be sending GIFs? Are we developing a GIF? We could do a GIF of, a bu- of Delhi putting there, up the 2-0. Two, two a budget for GIF here? We'll, we'll get in touch with I'll GIF. Have to look at the accounts. I don't know. I mean, we're building a, a brand new studio, which is eating into our finances. So <laughs> the, the GIF budget is... Uh, so we've been playing away for the whole time. Yeah. A bit like Spurs, you know. You know, it's not really home yet until yeah, we have the real yeah. studio.